let's get back on this horse. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm tired, Carl. I feel like that. You know how, like, in every piece of fiction about vampires or immortals, they're always just like, oh, I'm, like, so tired. I'm so bored. Like, I've seen everything. I've done everything. Like, <laughs> this is actually just, like, a giant curse to me now. Are you familiar with that trope? Yeah. I didn't I didn't really think about the whole tired thing. I didn't actually realize it was a trope until you just said it. I was like, that sounds pretty pretty damn familiar well that's how i'm feeling about kickstarter games i've seen it all i've done it all and uh well that's how i was feeling uh and then uh, a, a juicy little piece of news popped up and uh, i can't wait to talk about it <laughs> yeah yeah we'll get to that for sure well, first of all, welcome to episode six, everybody, of Play With It, where we talk toys, board games, and lots of other things we should have outgrown. My name is Carl, and with me as always, our special guest host, Noah, is with us today. Hey, everybody. I have some toy news. Just jumping right. Just a little bit. Just jumping right into toy news. How was your Christmas, Carl? Christmas was great, except we all got sick and uh, just, you know, respiratory infections and everything. So it was kind of a mixed bag, but right. But now, what we really want to hear about is the presents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've actually been posting a lot of my loot past few weeks on Instagram. So anybody that's been following us on Instagram will be seeing all the the fancy stuff that I got over time. A lot of it I've gifted to myself, but there's been some pretty good items. We talked about the Dune board game re-release. It was actually pretty hard to get around that time, but my wife pulled a rabbit out of the hat and and got a copy of it. Probably paid more than she should have, honestly, but pretty stoked about it. Haven't had a board game night since just because with the holidays and everything, but I do want to get a six-player session of Dune going, so I did get that. <laughs> my sister hit me up asking me what I wanted for Christmas. And I was like, well, I know no one's really going to buy me any action figures, so I'm going to just like send her links. And she literally bought it as we were texting to each other. It's like, I want this and I want this. And she's like, okay, cool, done. So it's a nice, <laughs> like, straightforward. So uh, I got my first two, the Hasbro Power Rangers line, the Lightning. Oh, man, what are they? Lightning Collection. That's what it is. Hmm. So the Power Rangers Lightning Collection action figures, uh, those sculpts are really cool. They look a little more um, true to the show. I got Goldar, which is a GameStop exclusive. He's pretty cool. I've always wanted a Goldar figure, and I saw that it existed, and uh, I sent her the link to that right away. And then the White Ranger, because, you know, he's amazing. I got a lot of clothes, which isn't relevant to the podcast, but when you get old enough, getting clothes is one of the best things ever because well, yeah, <laughs> I used to can, hate it. Then you can spend your money on the stuff you really want <laughs> like toys. Yeah. <laughs> so I really, it's a win-win. I either get toys, board games or clothes. Uh, how about you? What'd you get? Oh, I wasn't expecting, I guess turnabout is fair play. <laughs> uh, I had, we went on a big trip for Christmas, so I got uh, a pretty light haul. Uh, my wife got me call of duty. I've been wasting a lot of time with that. Yeah, I'm just playing call. with you. Yeah, and you're really good, and it makes me look bad. Oh, uh, that's not true at all, <laughs> but I appreciate you lying to the fans about that. Hey, I am actually, horrible. Should we put our gamer tags out there for the fans so they can play Ooh, with us? Let's I'm, not. I'm going to. My gamer tag is the curly beard, um, and you guys can 
add me and we'll play together all the time. You'll see how, you how, terrible, how terrible I really am uh, compared to Carl. Carl's name is Ted Destiny and he's pretty good. Uh, we're part of the cutie clan. So if you guys want to be a part of our clan, hang out, always down to make new friends and chill. This is my first Call of Duty since the original Modern Warfare and uh, how funny that yeah. I jumped back on for another Modern Warfare. But it's fun. It's a good way to waste time. And connect with our friends. We're all over the United States, uh, our core group of friends. So it's been really cool to, you know, hey, we're, you know, we have a group chat that's pretty useless other than just us dogpiling on each other. But we have been able to communicate and get some call of duty games going um oh. and it's been a lot of fun yeah and if you want to be a part of the group chat email carl your cell phone number he'll get you added um, we just really want to connect with you guys so even though you are jerks <laughs> why why would we give they give us their phone numbers yeah that was a that was a joke <laughs> <laughs> don't do that and also he lied uh I am the curly beard. And oh, he, come on, Carl. No, that no. Was, that was obvious through context. Way to kill us. Oh, do you know how I'm shitty I feel? Joke. <laughs> like, do you know how shitty I would feel if I was getting all this these accolades <laughs> about how, how much the, uh, I really like you, Noah. You're my favorite. Uh, Carl kind of sucks. <laughs> and then they're all coming to me. That would be. I didn't even think about that aspect. That, that would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry to uh, ruin the gamer tag switch, but uh, just so we're clear, I am Curly Beard, uh, the Curly Beard on Xbox Live. And Noah is Ted Destiny, T E D D E S T I N. Oh, can we spell yours too? <laughs> no one knows. No, it's fine. <laughs> no one knows. They don't. All right. So, can we do some toy news? We good? We go with that? Toy news. The news about toys. And then I'm going to play it right after that. Perfect. No, I, I, I'm showing you where to play it. That's why I said that. Oh, I thought you were doing an acapella version. <laughs> All right. Toy news. It's news about toys. So McFarland Toys recently released their first DC Multiverse figures. They're taking over the DC Multiverse line from Mattel, while Spin Master is taking over the figures for the younger crowd. Uh, they're hitting stores now. We were all kind of surprised that they're just hey, we're dropping these this month. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they just kind of like posted and sent out a um, press release about how they were going to go ahead and release a wave of 12 figures and a vehicle. They look pretty cool and uh, they have a three-year license. So I'm really excited to kind of see what they're going to bring to the table during that time period. They are seven-inch figures as opposed to like the six-inch scale, kind of like Marvel Legends. They have a plethora of different figures from the multiverse. So you have like the John Stewart Green Lantern, Harley Quinn from the animated series, Green Arrow from the TV show. They're really covering a lot of ground with this first wave. Kind of surprised. It's a really weird mix, honestly. I would. It's random, but it's kind of cool. I would almost think that it feels like they're trying to get everyone instead of focusing on doing one thing really well. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, they look all right. I mean, they look cool. Don't get me wrong. It's just a weird well, mix of toys, like having to collect all of this, all these different styles of toys to build the Build-A-Figure. I can see some people like having a problem with that because there's like really cartoony. There's really realistic. There's some from the TV show, like the CW shows. So it kind of makes for a weird collection. Yeah. At first I saw it, I was like, wow, this is really varied in the variety of um, offerings. 
but I will say it is the multiverse. So if you're trying to sell, hey, we're from all these different points in the different universes within DC, you want it to be varied um, and live up to the multiverse name. So I get why they did that. But the if you have it pulled up, what figures do the build a figure? Because I, I know that it's Batgirl and Nightwing, and then there's a third one. Is the Batman who laughs? Uh, it's Batgirl, uh, Nightwing, Batman who laughs. But it, oh, yeah, it's just the three. Those three are the ones. So I guess those kind of those will go together. They're in and, the same. And, yeah, that would be weird if you had like uh, anime John Stewart Green Lantern and uh, Harley Quinn, and you know. So if they were all making one build a figure, I would completely agree with you. Uh, yeah, and they are more expensive for the Build-A-Figures. There's some pluses and minuses to you know charging an extra five for that. Uh, if you really want it, it's cool. But if you just want the figure, you're paying an extra $5 for the piece. Yeah, so, so there's it, been a little bit of backlash on that side. I guess it just depends on if you... Yeah, if you're interested in the Batmobile, you're getting that for $15. So is that is that worth that to you? If you don't care about it, then that that definitely sucks. I think building figures were great as like a scam to get you to buy a whole set, but as like also a price increase, I think that's a little lame because people don't want to build it and they're paying a premium for a part they don't even want. Yeah, I guess it just depends on whether or not the base price can be looked at as 25 because a lot of figures are 25 MSRP. So if they were just charging 25 across the board, then you'd be paying for a build a figure that you're not getting pieces to. So just charging on the ones that actually have the Build-A-Figure piece makes more sense. But yeah. then I think a lot of compete like Marvel Legends are usually around 20, but I don't know if the MSRP, was it like twenty two ninety nine or something? They've gone up a lot of places. So that 25 so might just be the It's new. a different charging model, you know? So uh, that's something to look out for. I definitely got, so I already pre-ordered and I have one of them already on the way. The other ones are following in a few days. It's not here yet, but I did get the Batgirl and she is 25 bucks and I don't care about the Batmobile. So I am in that camp where like I paid an extra $5 for a piece that I don't want. Yeah, really all um, you wanted was your creepy Batgirl because you're one of those guys. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's but, a pretty cool one. Yeah, it does actually it does look pretty cool. The animated series figures are look a little weird to me. They are definitely interesting sculpts. Well, the articulation like... I would almost want these to be more like old school McFarlane toys, which were more like semi movable statues. Maybe not that bad, but like they've got like double, triple shoulder articulation for some reason. Like it's just a little, it's a little much. Yeah. It just looks weird. It doesn't look personally as a toy fan. I sure. enjoy articulation, but I, it's not like the, I want the toy to look, good i don't want to see like a hundred joints everywhere just to get a pose Um, i'd rather have limited poses and have the toy look awesome i don't know i'm I'm in the same camp as you but i'm also accepting that a lot of the toy community wants a ton of articulation for photography just for shelf appeal if you look at what mattel did with their multiverse figures and all their different articulation like it's kind of like a war to see who can get the most articulation into a figure that's that's a big selling point for a lot of people but i do feel like it detracts honestly i would love a 20 dollar super detailed statue 
but that's yeah. not really an option. Well, you know, you for, know, most of the time, you know, who does it right. And I think a lot of people, a lot of companies are probably looking at them since they started doing this 1000 toys, the Japanese company yeah. where they hide all of their, they have some of the craziest articulation around for like, uh, for toys. Like they, they do some crazy stuff, but they have their like articulated skeleton. And then they have like a, a bendable, I don't know if it's a vinyl, a PVC, but like a soft plastic overlay. So the toy looks really good, uh, but all the articulation is like underneath. So you can't get exactly the same range of motion, but the toy looks really good. <laughs> so what? Will you, how much do those cost though? Uh, they're usually between like 70 and 120 bucks. Like the Hellboy yeah. they just put out, which is incredible. It, it, like the chest is like that. It has a lot of, has like ab crunch, but it's not like these where you can see the, the sections. It just looks like one yeah. ab and, uh, but I think that was $120 if you pre-ordered the Dark Horse exclusive version. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's an amazing looking figure, but it's also not in the same universe <laughs> uh, price wise. But uh, I bet so it could, it's something that I bet it could get there. I'm sure there's a maybe there's got to be a middle ground where it can look better than it does. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe no, not. I hear it's you. Tw- 25 bucks. That is a quarter of a hundred dollars. They're getting pretty expensive these days. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to repackage that phrase. Yeah. 25 bucks. A I'm just saying you buy four toys, you get, it's a hundred bucks yeah. plus tax. Yeah. So just kind of did it recently. So I'm, I'm with you. So I got the Batman animated series and the comic book version, as well as the comic book Superman and then Batgirl. I, I like him quite a bit. I will say that the sculpts are like a di- you can tell there's like a different style to the animated series Batman, but the Superman, I don't have any Superman action figures. I like Superman, but not a ton. There's a lot of nostalgia as a kid for Superman, you know, trying to pretend like I'm flying by laying on a swing set and going back and forth with my arms out, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, he's not flawed enough. So, so, uh, I think I don't resonate as much with Superman, but dude, it's a really cool looking figure and he comes with a flight stand. And for that price with a little flight stand, I know the cost of a flight stand is very cheap, but the fact that they included one and you can just see him kind of like hovering there on your shelf, it sold me and I, I had to get it. So I'm I'm glad to rep- represent some Superman on the shelf yeah, with for that sure. figure. Yeah, and the Batman who laughs figure is pretty cool and detailed, but the wrist joints on all of these are terrible. Like they're just, they're just, they don't even pose them correctly in the pictures. So like, if you look at the Batman who laughs like press release photo, they're all wonky. It looks awful. So hopefully you can get good looking poses out of these. And that was just like a lazy photographer. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But they'll be coming soon. And I hope to, uh, I'll post them on Instagram and I'll tell you guys, you know, what I think about them. But uh, yeah, a lot of people seem to be pretty excited about it. Some people, not so much, but it's a cool change came out of nowhere for me. And I was surprised how fast they took over and Hey, we're dropping these this month. So, um, cool stuff. Check them out. We got a lot of games on Kickstarter right now. Well, Uh, don't forget the Kickstarter jingle Kickstarter. You'll get caught up in the Kickstarter. That's a fantastic one. I might actually use that instead of the one that you... <laughs> I don't remember which one I did last time. But. It was something like, 
uh, Kickstarter is great if you want to wait seven years for them or something like that. <laughs> oh, both of those are good. And there has to be one done in this episode. If not both of them. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know if I got time for that. I gotta, I gotta drop this. Sooner no, what, what do you normal. mean drop this sooner? We dropped one at Christmas. That was two weeks ago. <sighs> yeah, but this is timely because of all those, these great Kickstarter games. We got to tell the people. We got to let them know. And I have to write a song and put it in the episode. Write a song, episode. rip off the Crossfire song. Just make it, put some notes down for Crossfire. You, you, you may have made it easier on me, so we'll see. I'll see what I can do. You can do it. But I got my whole weekend just packed with crap for this anyway, uh, episode. Anyway, kind of right. a lot of that stuff. That was behind the scenes. Nope. It's all staying. Kickstarter. You're looking kind of So guys, we got a lot of Kickstarter games coming at us, and uh, we got to talk about all of them. Every single Kickstarter game that is on Kickstarter right now, we're going to talk about them. And that's not true. But I got three of them that I'm pretty excited about. It's a lot of Kickstarter games. There's only one yeah. I want to talk about. Yeah, I know. And it's going to be at the very end. That's the only way I can keep you going on this podcast, is to be excited about the one thing you want to talk about. All right. We'll see if we can get through this without too many derailments. So the first one I want to talk about, currently on Kickstarter now, started January 14th. It is called Grenda Search for Lost Triumphs. These guys have been working really hard, setting up a nice website, running Instagram ads, setting up a Facebook group, all before the launch of this game. And I think their work is finally paying off. So the basic premise is you are a hero trying to collect the lost pages of this powerful book known as Grenda. It's two to four players competitive with some co-op elements you can win by negotiation or just by defeating your other players so it's not just like a straight up war game all to collect these lost pages throughout the game it's got some area control set collection resource management negotiating trade a lot of different elements to come together to play this game i know you're not really into like euro games but this seems to be a pretty neat collection of mechanics it's got tons of really nice miniatures. But the thing is, is like, I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you. Getting kind of tired of, well, let's call it fatigue on games with a billion miniatures. And I got to tell you, if you don't mind miniatures, these are some really nice sculpts. And there's a bunch of them. But I have so many games with miniatures that I was kind of like, I don't know if this is something I'm going to want to back well, just because I just don't have the room. Yeah, and it gets to but, it gets to be like a really tiring process to drag out all your miniatures and set them all up and pull the ones you need for, you know, it just I tried to play Massive Darkness and they just there was just too many miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> that one had way too many like, extra Kickstarter. It's just it's just not fun. Exclusive. The miniatures take up the entire table. Yeah. No, you're right. There are plenty of people and I'm I have tons of games with miniatures and I love them, but these guys have released a pledge that allows for just meeples, which is cool because it's not just standees. So you actually have like a 3D old school miniatures. Yeah, I guess so. And they're like custom meeples. So they're not just the little like stick figure guy that I freaking hate. I can't stand that meeple, especially in games that are supposed to be like a war game, like little happy guys going to battle is weird to me, but these guys have developed some really cool designs for their meeples. If you just want to play the game and you are tired of miniatures, 
they have an option for you. And I got to tell you, a lot of games haven't been doing that. And I think people pass on it. So check that out. The game funded in 11 hours and it's picking up some steam. They've already hit their goal. I can't remember how long it's going for. I want to say it's there's, a couple There's weeks. 19 days left of, of this recording. Yeah, so they've got plenty of time to, uh, to meet a whole bunch of stretch goals. And these guys, this is the first time they've ever released a game and they seem to be doing all the right things. They've been working with actual board game players and enthusiasts to play test the game before launch, not just their own team of designers, but just other people to play it and have actually made a lot of changes to the rulebook before the game was released to really tighten it up. And they've made a lot of changes that really affected the game in a positive way. So I just, they seem to be doing all the right things and we're rooting for them. So, uh, Check out Grenda. It's G-R-E-N-D-H-A. It's on Kickstarter right now. See what you think. So the second game that I really want to get to is uh, Return to Dark Tower. Return to Dark Tower is the successor and kind of like a sequel to the old old school 80s Dark Tower board game. No, did you ever play that or were you aware of it? I was aware of it. I feel like it's one of those games that not a lot of people played, but they're aware of because it was kind of a grail game for a lot of people. It was super expensive. They used electronics before electronics were super reliable. So getting an actual fully working copy was kind of hard. And for a long time, it was super expensive. Yeah, I think there was like a regular copy with all the pieces for hundreds and hundreds of dollars uh, on eBay. And there's not many of them. So I feel like peripherally, I remember a game with a giant tower, but it's before my time anyway. So I think it was just I had seen it in passing. So this is, I guess, kind of a recreation and like an expansion on that idea. It's an entirely different game, but in the spirit of the old 80s game. It's really cool because it's created by Isaac Childress of Gloomhaven and Rob Davio of Pandemic Legacy. It funded in four hours with a goal of $850,000, which that's a really high goal. And they met it really fast. A lot of times Kickstarter games, they set a really low bar so that they can guarantee fundage. And I think these guys decided to play it safe and actually put a realistic goal, which is pretty risky because it's one of those things where if you don't hit that goal, it doesn't get funded. Everybody gets their money back. And maybe it was one of those things where it was protection for them too. But you want to see that all that work you put into it. Cause I heard they took like three years developing this, figuring out all the tech to go into the game. Cause it's not just a straight up board game, which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. The art looks really cool. It is a one to four player co-op game where the players are actually going against the tower or the tower and the adversary inside the tower. Tower uses Bluetooth to link up to an app and controls the tower, so it's actively working against you. You're literally playing against the tower. It's not like a deck of cards that you're turning over and it tells you what the tower does. You're putting in what you're doing, and it is going to do its own thing. You play as a hero, ruling one of four kingdoms, using a starting inventory of resources unique to your player, as well as special abilities to accomplish goals over a period of in-game months. I think it's six months. And so there's like a time limit on top of the other lose-win conditions. Eventually, you break into the tower and face off with the adversary to win the game. Players either win together or they lose together. There's no, this guy wins, that guy wins. It's a pass or fail, so everybody's in it to win it. Tower has lights, sounds, a bunch of motors, gearboxes, Bluetooth enabled, 
So at the end of the player's turn, a skull game piece is dropped into the top of this tower. And at any moment, these skulls can just come dropping out one or maybe even all of them out of the many doors that are surrounding the tower. And then you have to deal with that. There's negative consequences for them falling into your section of the map. So all of that's going on while you try to follow the instructions to get into the castle and defeat the adversary inside. There's multiple adversaries, so you can swap them out. They have different degrees of difficulty. So it sounds like there's going to be like a lot of playability. Did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah, the tower looks pretty cool. It looks like a cool little gimmick. I'm sure the game is fun. I'm meeting a lot of people who have tested it say it's fun. Uh, I always tend to shy away from like app-enabled games, but that's just me. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, And it sounds cool that the game actively works against you and reacts to what you do. It's not just like random card-driven interaction. Yeah, it's not just cards inside an app where you, well, we could have just had cards because it's not really doing anything, but sounds like there's uh, some real tech behind it. I mean, you know, it's it's getting a lot less analog with things like this, but... Well, it becomes a, it becomes a video game at a certain point, just without the video, right? It's on a digital game. Yeah, but know. you still, as long as it's still got some uh, tactile and uh, community face-to-face interaction... That's what's really missing from board games. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely blurring those lines. It's interesting. The lines will definitely get blurred, and there's nothing wrong with that. It won't be for everyone, but I think we will get to a point where we're going to have to decide what makes a board game and what makes, like, a, a video game or <laughs> digital entertainment or, like, something yeah. different, right? Like, a pinball machine isn't a board game. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll just have to figure it out. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Really great creators behind this game. Some proven pedigrees. I mean, that's like number one and number two on Board Game Geek. So uh, it's got the recipe for success. I wonder how much they paid those guys to do that. I mean, there had to be some money and thought put behind that decision because their companies aren't producing it. It's a third-party company. So, well, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, Restoration Games. So they must have paid those guys a ton of money to do that. Maybe so, uh, but if they started three years ago, got the license, started working on it, it's before, well, let's see, Pandemic Legacy was 2015, so it wasn't before that. It wasn't before. But, no, was that 2016? So I would say they probably paid less money then than they would now, <laughs> uh, just because of the time, but but I will agree, some, some serious coin to uh, bring this to life. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah. So uh, the last one we want to get to tonight that I think Noah is interested in talking about, Beyond the Monolith, the Kickstarter that flew to. I don't have anything to say about it, Carl. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, bad news, guys, is it's too late to pledge for this one. It's over. But it's That's true. a very interesting story behind this Kickstarter. I don't like to kick salt in anyone's wounds, but I do think it's kind of interesting to talk about my perspective, Carl, your perspective on how this kind of all yeah. went down. So we try to not talk about too much of the podcast so that we can actually have the conversation and then give it to you guys a little more on the raw side. But we just couldn't help but have multiple conversations about this. <laughs> well, and no, uh, I'll hand it over to you to just set the whole scene. But just so that we're all clear, we're talking about Monolith Games uh, releasing a Kickstarter. And even before the Kickstarter, kind of launching a press release about their upcoming endeavor called Beyond the Monolith. And there's just a whole saga involved. And 
Noah has become our resident expert <laughs> I wouldn't say, on this whole process. I wouldn't say expert. I can only uh, talk about what I witnessed. But uh, Monolith makes games that a lot of people like. They were involved in Mythic Battles Pantheon, yep. Conan, Batman. They might have had something else in there. The Solomon Kane game, I think. I don't think that one was as popular, if that's the same company. Huge board games with tons of miniatures that people enjoy. I haven't played any of them. Have you played any of them, Carl? I haven't played them being a huge Batman fan. I had my eyes on that Batman game, which is based off of a lot of the mechanics and architecture, if you will, on the Conan game, which was very successful in itself. I believe they are putting out their season two um, and starting to ship that, which was another Kickstarter for like a, I don't know how the season two works, but I think it's its own game, but can also work with the previous game. And if that's confusing, then... You guys are in for quite quite a ride. Um, But no, I haven't played them, but they were very popular. I think some of them are available at retail. I like the Conan and the first Batman have been at least. Yeah. So So Monolith, one thing you'll have to forgive me is I don't know everyone's name, who's in charge of what. But they announced on their Facebook that they were (laughs) releasing this new game system called Beyond the Monolith. They were telling everyone, you guys... You already own so many games with so many miniatures, and we know that. And we know that Kickstarter is is changing. People aren't spending as much money. So we're going to put out this game system where you can reuse all your old miniatures. It'll just be the same, what they called the engine box, uh, which is like the core components of the game. And then you plug in miniatures from different games or universes that they provide like boxes boxed universes that you plug into this main engine box you get to reuse miniatures and you never have to buy the core components of a board game ever again and uh right away when i heard this i was like this this doesn't sound great because i know one of the huge things that's turned me off to like cmon um, some of the bigger board game companies, Zombie Side in particular, is it's the same game reskinned over and over and over and over and over again, right? With like subtle differences, but it, what they sell on is like a billion miniatures, right? And uh, new people who are new and Kickstarter exclusives. Sure, that's how the that, those companies sell their games now, not on innovation or changes in gameplay or things like that. Kind of like the Peter Jackson model, where you you have a, a cool game. And then like they do Munchkin. So you have like a cool game and then you can just have a different license, a different look to it with a few different changes and it can, you can play it together or you just get it separately. You can jump on on what, Oh, you want Cthulhu version. We got it. You want Pathfinder version. We got it. So it's worked for them. And so why not bring it to board games, right? Well, but that's the thing. Monolith was already doing that. From what I've read, Conan and Batman are kind of, and Mythic Battles are kind of the same game. Right. um, Just with subtle differences. But their idea was to pull out that core game, sell that to you once, and then sell you the universes that lay on top of it separately. So you can pick pick and choose. Okay. And like all that sounds very altruistic. Uh, Well, for a company altruistic and like very awesome and like catering um, to the community is what yeah very much so like the you could use all all those old miniatures you don't use anymore we're going to give you a way to use them um we're going to save you so much money well that's right they did say you could use whatever you had laying around with like yeah i do remember that that. yeah that was their whole that originally that was the whole idea and while still concerning and sounding like we're going to buy the same boring game over and over again was not what it turned out to be and uh so then the second portion was 
hey, to cater to the fans that have already purchased many of their games, if you have purchased previous of our games, you can get a discount on the next Kickstarter. And the discount system was very confusing because they also right. did claustrophobia. And they have these different ranks, depending on what Kickstarters you've been part of, would determine what percentage you got off certain products they were going to be offering. And if you didn't want to use your discount, you could sponsor someone else. And people almost immediately on social media were like, hey, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. It was just a confusing way to do a discount system. It was just too nitpicky. And they had to educate the customer on this new way of doing board games or the new way they were going to handle their games going forward. So not only did you have to educate that, you had a Kickstarter that was hard to navigate what to buy. Like, Oh, we're not uh, there yet. Okay. Yeah, we, we're just getting to their confusing discount system. Okay. Don't, all right. Well, the discount, part. sorry. The discount it, system. exciting, but. Sorry. The discount <laughs> system came uh, as a revision to the original, so I thought we had. So, but no, you're right. No, the, the discount came first, I believe. Okay. After they explained how they were going to release this new system. Sorry, guys, this is a wild ride already. So it's uh, confusing. Already as a company, they're balancing, to your point of educating a new customer base, they're balancing two brand new things. Hey, here's this new brand new way to look at board games. And here's this new way, this new loyalty program that's a little obtuse and confusing. So already they're kind of behind the ball. Right. Then <laughs> they released their Kickstarter preview and come to find out not only were you getting this main game engine system, but you had to buy boxes, faction boxes full of miniatures that were already in the old games. They were just represses of Mythic right. Battles, Conan, Claustrophobia. They were just reissues of them Overlaps. with one one or two miniatures put in. So if you were a previous fan taking advantage of that discount, you were rebuying many miniatures. <laughs> which, uh, if you think about the first thing that was announced, which is, hey, we know you're tired of all these old miniatures laying around. It yeah. actually it doesn't make any sense. Hey, you want to buy more of those miniatures just to get one or two? And it was also very confusing because they not only did they have this new system, they combined it with an expansion for Conan, adventure content, they called it. That was a totally different, totally different thing, but was melded into this Kickstarter in a way where it was very confusing to like when the Kickstarter. Yeah, was I, I mean, I'm hearing like a one versus one. Uh, two-player game that I'm hearing about adventure mode and then I couldn't tell if the same product had that or if it was an add-on I looked at the pledges and there was a good number of different pledges and I couldn't actually figure out just from someone that doesn't have any of them is was genuinely interested in well what would I buy to get the experience that they're trying to sell me and not only was there too many avenues I didn't really feel like any of them actually catered to me. Maybe there was one that came with two factions and the engine box. But then the cost was like over $200, I think. Yeah, when they posted the original preview, it didn't cater to existing fans of their games. It was very obtuse and confusing for new people. And they had this mishmash of this new system. Beyond the monolith, it's supposed to be a two-player skirmish system, basically. And then you plug in different factions from universes of different board games. 
that was kind of the the idea and then they meld in this legacy system which is like adventure content for conan then they have batman stuff in there and claustrophobia stuff and people got really angry one it was super confusing and people kept saying how confusing it was and monolith their response to starting game pretty they would just tell people oh well if you don't want to pledge sponsor someone else so they can use your discount (laughs) yeah it was very passive yeah yeah and it was it wasn't like one or two or a concerted trolling it was just literally hundreds of people being like i don't get this this doesn't make sense to me and then just like they tried to explain a couple different ways but people just weren't getting it 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 didn't help (laughs) to have the people that are really into the product and felt like they understood it getting real combative with the people that didn't get it and kind of calling them stupid it's like no dude Look, when you Google something and you click on the ad that looks like it's the thing that you want and you only have seconds to decide whether it's something that you're going to stay on that page for or you're going to move on. That's how like ads work and AdWords work. And I think this the principle works the same where it's like if you have to spend a long time decoding, even if it's possible to figure out what's going on and i'm sure it was the amount of time it took i have money that can be spent elsewhere if you can't make it clear as to what you're trying to sell me and what (laughs) i need to do and then you're not going to be helpful when you're buying something you don't understand and then you reach out and saying hey i don't understand like if you're going to go buy a product from any kind of reputable retailer online i actually recently did it at work but there's an item that i we've never bought before And I reached out to them and they guided me to the product. Not, oh, well, just the guy that does want to buy it, like help them get it for cheaper. (laughs) Yeah. No. It's super like, yeah, not great. I Um, I will say they're international and maybe there's some also a little bit of like a a disconnect uh, language barrier style where it may have came off. Um, you know, yeah. more incorrectly than, you know, it would. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because you, you know. can. And I think also in their admitting defeat posts, they tried to play it off as that. But I, I honestly think it was such a convoluted system. There's like, there is no properly explaining that. Like, that's it, probably true. It, it was too it, much it needed, for one Kickstarter. I mean, that's just, well, I think that's so. And we're also getting a little ahead of ourselves still. Yeah, so go ahead. that's Sorry. just the preview of the Kickstarter. People. Then the other thing that people got really mad at is current fans were like, hey, there's like one or two new miniatures I want wrapped around a box of 20 miniatures I already own, which we touched on, but people were getting mad. And Monolith was like, well, we our hope was that the cost of the repeat miniatures is so low that the price of these boxes you was worth mind. it to you. Yeah, just right. that was our hope. But again, goes completely against their original thesis behind this game system, which is, you know, <laughs> you don't you don't want to buy more miniatures. You only just have the miniatures you need. <laughs> yeah. And there were there were there were reasons like that there were reasons they designed a system to use extra miniatures that didn't come in those baseboard games, which seems foolish to me. Like that that's not something that maybe should have been thought of, but whatever. So then Monolith delays their kit well the second part of the Kickstarter also was that it was only going to be a week. They didn't believe they have all of these beliefs on false Kickstarter economies. And like uh, they were going to have a true funding goal and only have it fund for a week because statistically people drop out of and all of this really interesting stuff, which I think was, is probably 
accurate. Some of it's funded in in truth, but it's not all of the points of data needed. Um, Actually, I don't think that's where they went wrong. (laughs) I think with the correct campaign, that would have worked. I mean, when you look at uh, the Return to Dark Tower, they had like $3 million in two days. Like, Sure. And it's a very streamlined campaign. I I don't think that's where they went wrong. But it was just another thing they were layering on top of it. Yeah. Um, Then they told everyone like, hey, we're going to delay our Kickstarter a week for all of you current fans. Um, We're going to offer you in the pledge manager, you're going to get the option to just buy what you need, not buy the whole boxes full of miniatures you don't want. We're going to let you pick and choose. That should make you happy. Okay. And like one by one, all these complaints, they kept just saying it's in the, it'll be in the pledge manager. It'll be in the pledge manager. Like, don't worry. Then they relaunched the the Kickstarter and they made some adjustments. Really mostly they removed all the Batman and claustrophobia stuff. And it was just, uh, and a Conan Kickstarter at that point, right? But was still super confusing. Is this still prior to launch? No, this they did during launch. the launch. Oh, okay. They delayed the launch a week, then they launched. Yes, uh, they were telling everyone they could that hey, like current fans, you'll get what you want in the pledge manager. It'll be available. Then they relaunch, and the Kickstarter is still super confusing. And they like they even even down to weird design decisions where they make this like animated GIF graphic explaining what you want that auto scrolled, and it scrolled so fast <laughs> you had to watch that. it four times in a row to see the end of it. So you didn't even get to actually absorb it just to see the end of it. You had to watch it like four times. Yeah. It flashed <laughs> so, up really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was just bananas. And then uh, I think after like four days, the, the guy who let it all got on Facebook and was like, Hey, yeah, this isn't going to fund. We only made 250 of our $700,000 we need. And it's all my fault. And it was a bad design. And, uh, Well, what I thought was interesting was they really focused on people don't like this idea, the universe system, all this stuff. This is bad. People only want adventure expansions for Conan. That's all people want. They want the original game experience. And I think that was the wrong lesson to take from it. I think people were pretty excited about the idea of like a universe, like a, a core mechanics box, and then you can plug your own miniatures in it. People like skirmish games. There was a lot of opportunity there. I just think it was so mismanaged uh, that it just didn't have a chance. Yeah, trying to do too many things. We know that there's a little bit of precedent with the whole core system and add-on to customize experience. Uh, Time Stories does it where you have all the core components in the base game. It comes with one game box that like a scenario, essentially, if you want to call it a scenario, but it's bigger than a scenario that you play with everyone. And then you buy multiple scenarios that are like different worlds and, and, and a different game in itself while still using the main game. And that's a very successful game. So we know that there's precedent that a concept like that would work. And then this would bring kind of like the problem with having too many miniatures and having a solution for that and having real flexibility. And then they took that away (laughs) from what got a lot of us interested in like, well, let's see how it goes. Yeah, at least paying attention. For sure. Because this could be the precursor to something really good that they're on. The concept's good. People don't quite understand it. The next time you come at it, it's like, okay, no, I get it. People are playing it. They really like it. I understand it, and this could be a new format 
that works for everybody. But yep. and maybe that could still happen. But it was no. a really rough go, and uh, hopefully they learned some things. It was Fred Henry is the one that made the apology letter. I don't know if he's an owner. I was reading it the other day, and it was it was kind of a nice like, hey, it's my fault, guys. And uh, yeah, definitely owning it. I just hope that the lesson they learned, I think, is a little skewed. And I just think if they had released like, hey, here's Beyond the Monolith. It, it has two factions, which are made up of miniature uh, miniatures and amounts founding Conan, the game. Like, so here's Beyond the Monolith for new players, which has two factions made up of miniatures and Conan. Here's the engine box for players that already own Conan. Yeah. So you can use your own miniatures. Boom. Probably would have been a huge success. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I still don't know what an evolution kit is. Uh, like there was some sort of thing there that added some functionality. I don't think, I think it was a different product than something else, or, but yep. it could have been the same product as. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably not even calling it the right thing. Evolution box, I, wor- world box. Community I link. wasn't sure that they used the same terminology box, in, in legacy the, box. It could have been a different product or they could have been using multiple terms for the same thing, which is also hey, a problem. If you're, if anyone, any of our fans out there are thinking about launching a Kickstarter, look at monolith for some good lessons. And I'm not saying, I'm not trying to look again. I'm not trying to kick dirt in their face. No, I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound. It's just very intriguing story, especially I don't know everything, but I felt like I saw this coming from the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, it, I smelled disaster when you told me about it. I was like, you're like, dude, watch this video. Tell me what you think. And I was like, bro, a cool idea, not going to work. Yeah, and that was before there were multiple layers to it. And, you know, what's cool about it, I think the whole takeaway is there are things to be learned from everyone. And it's one of those situations where everybody didn't get so super salty. I'm sure there's some fans that did. But overall, I don't think the community is hurt by the experience. So there's a whole lot of learning that can come from this, from everybody involved. And they'll come out. They said that they're going to take some time, get up slowly. As we said, from a fall, I like to get up slowly. He's got the right attitude towards it. And um, yeah, the guy who is responsible for designing the adventure mode, which is like the actual board game yes. Conan board game content did release on Facebook that their next steps were going to be to because they already designed and put money into some of the stuff they were trying to release in this Kickstarter. So yeah. uh, they're going to try and get a Kickstarter going just to release the adventure mode content, which they believe is the only stuff people wanted. But yeah, I just hope they can see beyond that instead of seeing it. Cause it seems it's a little bit like they're blaming their fans. Like, Oh, they didn't want this, and they like. But there is something. There's a there's a kernel of something good there if they just do it right. Yeah. No, I, I think a retooling, some thought. The Conan fans will be excited to get the content they were actually looking for. I don't know that they had a season two, so maybe essentially they're able to put out what they have already worked on, get those fans up and running with the content that they've been promised. Um, and then they can they can try the Beyond the Monolith with some more time and some more thought. I do want to also say there has been this whole let's do a seven day Kickstarter. And here's the reason why I get that the beginning and the end is where a lot of the money's made and people drop off in the middle middle. 
But I think overall, if you don't have enough time for people to have a pay period or two to actually afford the game, you're actually missing out on the missed revenue in general, which I think is greater than the amount that gets dropped off when someone decided, you know what, no, I'm just going to put in a dollar or no, I'm not going to do it. A lot of times if you have the $1 or the pledge manager pledge where you just can get in does help save a lot of that revenue. But some people's like, I don't have the money, so I'm not going to do it. And I think Simon has played around with some really short Kickstarters recently. And I just think they made a lot less money. So, well, yeah, I think they're trying to get money to pay their electricity bill at this point, <laughs> considering how bad their Kickstarters have been doing lately. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the margins are thinning, but, uh, and I, I know that they pardon. No, it's great. It's going to drive innovation. Desperation yeah. drives innovation. Nothing nothing drives it like being on the ropes. Being successful and feeding off the fat of the land makes you fat and lazy, and that's what se- happened to Simon, and that's the attitude they're reaping right now. But people got tired of buying the same game over and over again. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I, I, I love it. I hope it makes them a better company and that we get better products out of it. Yeah, you you and I kind of smelled this happening a while back when we were, you know, as soon as Kingdom Death, yeah, we're going to mention Kingdom Death real quick, made (laughs) uh, tens, you know, over $10 million. I don't remember the number. It was like $12 million. Uh, We're like, well, we just hit this all-time high. And you know what happens when things get this high? And then everybody rode on the fact that one of the most funded things ever was a board game on Kickstarter. A lot of people followed. A lot of good stuff came out of it. But now we're at this point where, okay, there's always a new board game coming out. We're always having something we can talk about every episode about something new. I can't keep up with it all. There was a bunch of stuff I meant to talk about before, and then it became too late. There's more. So like, that's where we're at now. None of these games are standing this test of time. Well, most of them people don't talk about once they get delivered. There aren't many experiences like Kingdom Death being delivered, like genuinely interesting experiences. So... Well, it's also a long lead time. I mean, you have a built-in year at minimum for delivery, and then you probably have another six months or longer before it hits retail, and then you have traction after that. So that's it's not only into... Well, I don't know how recently Gloomhaven became the top game on Board Game Geek, but it's from, what, 2016? And I would say it's been really big, and everybody's been playing it for maybe two years so I don't know. It's, uh, but I will say that there's a lot of same out there because of, hey, this is what they're doing. I should do that too. You see that on, on the Kickstarter. And then why didn't mine make $12 million? Um, expectations have to be adjusted and people have to innovate. And I think that's where, like you said, that's where the good's going to come from it. It's okay if it doesn't work out because you can come back and build something better and realize that you can't just ride a wave. You have to create a new one. Well, and yeah, and every time there will be innovations that fail, like beyond the monolith. So yeah, like there's going to be failure that comes with that too, but that's still healthy. Good lessons. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck to them. And, uh, Hey, and good, good on them for trying. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to think outside the box. Uh, maybe is that a pun? I don't know. Maybe not. (laughs) Uh, Carl, you should reach out to the lead designer and ask him if we can interview him about it. I haven't decided what we're going to do 
uh, interviews or not, but uh, it's not a bad idea. Ask, I would love to ask him very respectful questions just just to get his thoughts and feelings about like when it was going down, when it started going bad, how he was feeling, what was going on. Like that would be really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and maybe we could time it out with you know whatever they're gonna put out next, and with some, if they have some news. Oh, that'd be um, great. Yeah, that'd be. That'd be good. We'll uh, see. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, that'd be really cool. I think that's it for this evening. We we got a little bit of longer podcast. We had a lot to cover. So uh, we're now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, iHeartMedia, a bunch of others. If you like what we're doing, leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Five-star ratings really helpful. We're on Instagram as Play With It Podcast Show. We're on Twitter as Play With It Pod. I'm pretty active on, on on them. Haven't gotten Twitter all figured out, but if you find us on there, tweet at us. Give yeah. me a reason to do more on Twitter because I'm really trying yeah. to uh, break the code on that one. Yeah, man. I remember those days. I remember those days of sitting on Instagram grinding, trying to get your name out there for my uh, custom toy Instagram that we've never talked about. Yeah. <laughs> dun, I'm, dun, a, dun. I'm actually a toy designer cliffhanger oh wow oh man Noah's a toy designer you heard it here first we'll talk about it probably on the next if if anyone finds my instagram and says hi i'll send you a free toy first person who does it so so is there some maybe this should be like a keyword no no they just gotta say hey listen to the podcast where's my free toy oh wow so that's it send noah a message saying uh, Uh, to my to my secret toy instagram yeah his secret toy instagram so if you can find it message him get your free toy so that's it for us guys Noah, you want to play us out um yeah play with it <laughs> what are you talking what are you talking about play this out yeah you always you always do the the play with it at the end you you did it <laughs> oh <laughs> you, you did it but you laughed in the middle of it okay do you do you want to redo it or do you want to redo all right oh you talked <laughs> Play with it.